good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. And our top story today, can life insurance be used to pay off debt? Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Phil Snyder is a senior vice president with the L. Warner Companies. Well, Phil, Dad, welcome back to the program. Great to have you this morning. Okay. Hi, Jeff. Happy to be back. It's nice to see you from uh, Baltimore, from Towson area. And Good. of course, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, so we don't get to see each other too much. But this is always a fun, fun time. All yeah. right. Let's talk about debt and whether or not life insurance can be used to pay off debt. And let me just set this up because more and more Americans having trouble paying these high costs, fuel, food, you name it, prices are going up. And so they're looking for ways to pay off their credit card debt, their mortgage, et cetera. I guess my basic question to you is, can you use life insurance, which is something you know very a lot about, can you use it to pay off this debt? Well, um, the answer to your question is it depends. <laughs> it depends. Right, well, that, that's helpful. No, I'm kidding. It depends on the type of life insurance you own. If you're trying to reduce the current debt by taking money from a life insurance policy, you can't do that with a term policy. You can do it with a cash value permanent policy. There's a whole cross section of various types of policies that are available. And certainly you can access the cash value from a life insurance policy and in, in several different ways. You can withdraw money depending on the policy. Uh, you could withdraw dividends if you have a dividend paying policy. And you could do both of those as long as, well, in the case of the withdrawal, as well as the case of the dividends, as long as your uh, withdrawal amount does not exceed your basis, basis meaning the sum of money that's been paid into the policy, then you can do those, uh, those two types of uh, withdrawals on a tax-free basis. So you right. can access money totally tax-free from life insurance policies where you have substantial value at no cost, uh, no current cost. Beyond right, so, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, finish your thought. I interrupted you. It's like, you know, Thank you. I'm not a good being a good, good son or an interviewer for that matter. <laughs> Beyond that, um, you can borrow against the life insurance policy. You can, um, and, and what you will want to do is you, you can make a loan um, up to probably not exceeding 90 to 95% of the available cash in the policy. Um, you just need to contact the insurer to make sure you can make the loan. Most, most cash value policies provide for loan provisions and check on, on the interest cost. You wouldn't want to do that if the interest cost exceeds the cost of the, the debt that you currently have. So if you have credit card debt, in all likelihood, you're paying a large uh, interest rate. If it's mortgage debt or, or personal loan debt or things of that nature, it could well be advantageous to borrow money from a life policy to reduce debt um, and thereby lower your interest rate costs. Beyond that, just to keep going, you could surrender a policy. And that is just totally turn the policy back into the insurance company and take all the cash value that's been accumulated dividends if it's a dividend paying policy and use the money as you see fit. There's no constraints on how you would use that money. You need to be cautious because in many cases with older policies, you could have a taxable gain if you do that. And that gain would be taxed at ordinary income rates. 
So it could push you into a much higher tax bracket, potentially. Yeah. Okay. One more thought. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because there are a range of options. The other is if you have a, a policy, and this would apply to a term policy as well as a cash value policy. If you have a policy that you no longer want or need, you could potentially sell that policy um, to a, they're called life settlements. You could sell that policy to a life settlement company and potentially get more out of that policy than you otherwise would get if you just ended the policy and or just surrendered the policy. Uh, again, there's taxation involved on gain, but nevertheless, if you don't want the policy and the policy is, is such that you could get more for it than, than you would otherwise get if you ended the policy by surrender or just termination, it's another route to explore. Okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> let me let me just range of possibilities. Yeah, and and that's great. And so there are a range of possibilities that you just mentioned are really for whole life. So term life, and really not an opportunity because you're not building cash value. But let me ask you a question: What's the decision making process? And I guess I should preface this, preface this by saying you personally are not a financial planner. You really have been in and around the insurance industry. Uh, for many decades, not going to date you here, Dad, but you're definitely <laughs> older than I am, hopefully. Right. Um, but but what's the decision-making criteria? Is it the interest rate? Um, how do you go through this process of deciding whether or not you want to surrender, borrow, take withdraw money? What's that process look like? Well, I think you would surrender or you would sell the policy if you no longer wanted the insurance. Right. So because you have no need for the death benefit any longer. Um, so those are two options. You could sell the policy. You could surrender the policy. The issue of, of whether and what the process is and the decision making process, if I borrow and so forth or withdraw money, I think is really what's the most economically feasible. Um, because you must remember, if you withdraw money from a life insurance policy and or if you borrow money, the amount that you borrow or withdraw is going to reduce the death benefit. So, for example, if you have a $100,000 policy and you borrow $25,000 and subsequently pass away, $75,000 is going to be paid to your beneficiary. So I think part of the process is how important is the life insurance in my overall plan? Can I really afford to reduce my life insurance or should I look to other alternatives to, to acquire the money to reduce debt? Is, is this a question, given everything that's going on, is this a question that is raised to you and other insurance professionals or people out there looking for, you know, you know, basically what you're talking about is prioritization. Does today matter more than tomorrow? I mean, that's what you're talking about when you're surrendering an insurance policy. Is it, Does it matter more today that I have the money or does it matter that my deceit, you know, so my beneficiaries have the money? Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. That's, that's go ahead. So individualized. Um, there's no way to give you a general answer to that question because everyone's circumstances are different. Everyone, uh, or each individual has a unique set of circumstances. We have lots of people out there who are living paycheck to paycheck. They're not going to have the resources, other resources to look to. In all likelihood, they're not going to have large cash value life insurance policies. So they're going to have to seek their own remedy to their situation. Uh, more affluent people may look to life insurance as, as a source of borrowing. Um, it's, it's, it's so individualized, it's hard to give you a generalized answer to that. 
But you wouldn't go through this entire process of figuring out, should I access my life insurance policies values without a thorough examination of other alternatives? Do I have other money? Um, for example, maybe I have money in a savings account at very low interest. I might be better off using that or some portion of it rather than borrowing money from an insurance company at four, five, six percent. So it's a process. I wouldn't I would look to other uh, professionals where you can, including your insurance person, your accountant and so forth, perhaps your attorney, your financial advisor, if you have one to say, what are my choices? What are my alternatives? How do I figure out what's best for me to do? I have this big credit card debt. I'm paying very large sums of money uh, in terms of interest. Um, if I could only reduce my interest rate, if I did nothing else, I'd be way ahead of the game. So I think that's the process you have to go through. Well, Phil, Dad, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, have we reached the golden age of life insurance? We're going to take a step back and examine this. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and call Credit Repaired for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. 
Welcome back. We're talking to Phil Snyder, Senior Vice President with the L. Warner Companies. Phil, thanks so much, or I should say Dad, thanks so much for sticking with us this morning. <laughs> My pleasure, Jeff. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard uh, to figure out how to address you. Dad is what I call you normally, but for the purposes of the network, Phil seems to work. All right, as I mentioned, and we're not going to date you here, but you've seen several decades in the life insurance business, and um, I want you to reflect back. Are we in a golden age for life insurance? And I, I know the life insurers out there, they wish it were a golden age because that means premium coming in and profitability, et cetera. But from your estimation, from your perspective, with several decades of experience, are we in a golden age? Well, I don't know exactly what a golden age means. Um, I think that's an old term that maybe is being applied today. But I do think... The world has changed dramatically the past two years. Um, we've had COVID, still have COVID to some degree, although I think most of us are resigned to living with it in one form or another, <clears throat> or at least living in such a way that we can uh, protect ourselves if need be or minimize our risk. COVID was a compelling factor. I think that had a marked influence on, on people's need and perception of life insurance. And I think life insurance sales during the COVID period have increased substantially. So there's clearly an awareness of people's vulnerabilities that are generating uh, larger life insurance sales. But now we have uh, the confluence of other factors. We have a stock market that's up and down every day. You don't know which way it's going. It's down significantly this year. Um, a lot of people uh, are probably extremely concerned about their account values. And then when you couple that with uh, highest inflation we've seen in 40 years, this is creating a great deal of uncertainty for people and for families. And so the question becomes, well, what can I do to alleviate some of my uncertainty? And life insurance could be, a, I won't call it a safe harbor, but nearly akin to a safe harbor, where one, you can use the life insurance certainly to provide money at your death, should you die prematurely, or B, you can use it as an accumulation vehicle. And again, there, there's a whole litany of types of policies out there where you can build money. Some, um, for example, are pretty conservative. You just get a rate of return generated by the insurance company's return on its portfolio. Or you can get an index type policy that tracks the performance of an external index like the S&P, for example. Uh, or you could have a, a, a variable policy, they call it, where the, the funds can be invested in an array of sub-accounts, which kind of look like mutual funds, if you, were, if you will, but um, basically give you potentially more upside, but greater risk as well. So I, I think that... Um, all these factors are weighing on the consumer and they're heightening people's interest in life insurance. Yeah. And I, I don't want to cut you off. No, I, I was going to ask you, how does this compare um, with other times in American history, at least? Uh, you think about, you know, the war-torn eras of Vietnam, World War II. I mean, that, those are other examples where there was tragedy, deaths, um, you know, presumably that would stimulate people similar to what we're going through with COVID, although the circumstances are very different, but there's mortality issues and longevity issues. Well, Any sure. idea of how that, how that would compare uh, back to that circumstance, those circumstances? 
in terms of life insurance? I, th I think any type of unsettled situation creates uncertainty, whether it's a war, whether it's in fight, whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. It creates uncertainty. Um, create, creating uncertainty probably is a stimulant for the life insurance business. But I think the difference today is technology, much more so than 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, for sure. First of all, insurance companies are making it so much easier to buy insurance using technology. They're simplifying the process for the most part, for the average consumer. If someone's buying a huge life insurance policy, the process is really no, simple than, no more simple than it used to be for the most part. But for the average person who wants to buy a life insurance policy, it's relatively simple. When you build into that, that people now have a heightened awareness, not only uh, about security, but about their lifestyle as well. How are they living? Am I living well? What can I do to improve my health and maintain my health? And so insurance companies are building incentives into its pricing for products, ongoing incentives to maintain lower prices if you meet certain types of criteria. Um, I'd see in the future that insurance companies, and this is just me looking into my own crystal ball, that insurance companies will continue to innovate and help people find ways to maintain a healthy lifestyle, uh, maybe providing financial incentives into policies beyond what they already do, maybe making available all, all types of things that we haven't even thought about that can, that can enhance people's lifestyle. You know, since the pandemic, I think most people um, are more concerned, frankly, about their, their ongoing health and their general health well-being and lifestyle than they are about their work. And that's a big change. Um, that's a result that I think directly from COVID over the past couple of years. So I think all these things, the, the, the external factors, wars, inflation, stock market, other uncertainties in life are contributors. And I think technology is the big difference at this point in time. Let me ask you, uh, just a, let me play a little bit of a doubting Thomas here. Uh, let's just say I agree with you that life, this is a golden age and the technology allows for all these great things. Um, these are still insurance companies. They have to receive premia. They have to invest premia. Um, is there added risk? And with all these premia coming in, because, you know, where do you invest it? Um, you know, you've got a general account, but you've also got the markets, same market that you and I invest in and other people in their 401k. And then, um, you know, what, is, what does that mean um, to the, uh, the creation of products? Are the insurance companies in a position to create products in a way to monetize this market? Well, yeah, I, I, I think the insurance industry in general is doing very well at the moment, the life insurance industry doing very well. Um, they have shifted to some degree the, their investment models as they seek higher returns, um, because obviously we're in a low interest rate environment, although it's escal escalating in the past several months. But that's not going to prove beneficial to the insurance companies for years downstream. Um, so insurance companies traditionally invested their monies in bonds and mortgages, primarily. Uh, but I think you're seeing alternative forms of investment in a lot of these companies now, not necessarily seeking higher risk, just trying to develop a higher rate of return 
for their policyholders. So I think the insurance companies are great innovators. Um, we tend to think of them as big buildings, old state individuals, really old men with gray suits and so on and so forth. But there's a lot of young people in these companies who have wonderful ideas and they're innovating all the time. Um, and, I, and I think that's going to bode well for the consumer in the, in the future towards living a better life, not just necessarily building money or creating money that I could pass on to my heirs, but building a better life. Yeah. Well, Dad, let's set the calendar. We'll look 20 years from now. We'll look back and see whether, you know, we'll have the same discussion on BRN, whether or not it was the golden age. I guess we'll have to see. Dad, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dad. Great to see you. Thanks for sharing your perspective. That wraps up this episode of BRN AM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget... Roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts, so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.